1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's two from Celtic and two from Rangers On the Player of the Year nominations Motherwell dominate the Young Player shortlist Ryan Kent is in both categories Saying he's open to a Rangers return Doesn't see his future at Liverpool And Bobby Madden opens up about refereeing mistakes Compliance officers, VAR and accusations About his own impartiality I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn And Mark Guidi Yeah, Morelos or Forrest Kent or McGregor Who do you fancy For the player of the year The old firm Are going to battle it out And the Scotland job Is in the news again It appears to be Derek McInnes And Davy Moyes Closing in On the job And Bobby Madden I can't wait for that interview Later on Gordon Yeah that's coming up In the second hour Of tonight's show It goes without saying You don't get to hear Very much from referees Especially the ones That are right um, at the, the top end of the game So many talking points this season So definitely worth staying tuned for that one Samirin Captain Steve McGinn Great to have you And particularly good of you to take time out Of what everyone else refers to as squeaky bum time At the bottom <laughs> of the Premiership To join us tonight uh, How's it been? How is it at the moment? How are the nerves? Yeah it's been good um, I think I've said before it's This stage of the season usually is squeaky bum time But we're in a real good place um, For the first time this season We've got everyone fit and We've got a bit of momentum behind us And we're really looking forward to Saturday Real belief that you can stay in the division Avoid those playoffs Got to be And probably about three months ago Hand in heart if you'd offered me I'd have snapped your hand off for, for second bottom So To know that it's in our hands To win the three games To uh, stay out automatically Would be uh, Maybe brilliant And I'd have snapped your hand off As I said Great stuff That's St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn He joins us tonight So if you have any questions On the phones or on Twitter Get them in At Clyde SSB The number you need 0141 9511025 Very simple to kick us off tonight The four man shortlist for player of the year Is out Do you agree? Who do you think is going to win? And who's missing? You must have an opinion on this All football fans have an opinion on this 01419511025 Should it be James Forrest Callum McGregor Ryan Kent Or Alfredo Morelos who misses out as far as you're concerned And as for the young team so to speak Ryan Kent is on there as well David Turnbull and Jake Hasty, Lewis Ferguson Who wins that? Who's missed out? Incidentally Jake Hasty is a Motherwell player But that move to Rangers has been confirmed today So get in touch with us 01419511025 Same question to you then Mark Weedy Who should win? Um, and who's perhaps unfortunate to miss out? Hey, I, I have to go. I, I can't really find any fault in in the shortlist for the main player of the year or the young player. Um, you know, for me, I th- Ferguson for the young player for me is a stick on for the football writers. We have a young Scottish player of the year, so Ryan Kent isn't valid for us. But you have to say Turnbull has really caught the eye in the second half of the season. But you know, based on the fact that forty games, Lewis Ferguson, I think has been has been tipped up, um, and the player of the year. Um, Purely because of his his, his antics uh, at Celtic Park, the last Old Firm game, I I wouldn't have Morelos under consideration, but I do accept he deserves to be in the shortlist. Kent, I think, deserves to be in there um, as well, and Forrest McGregor. Probably, if you'd ask me to vote right now, I'd probably go James Forrest. Steve McGinn, what's it like as a player then? You voted. You can tell us now. Who did you vote for? I voted for James Forrest. I think what? he's been an outstanding player in the, in the country, and... Playing against him from years ago to now, I'd say he's at his peak. And when you spoke to Celtic players over the years, they always said James Forrest was their best player. And I think we're seeing that now. Um, he's really got up, taking 
adding goals and assists to his game and yeah, I think he's been a standout this, this season I guess every player will be different But what's it like for you Or maybe you can give us a flavour of the dressing And when you're asked to pick your player of the year Because remember I know lots of you will disagree But this is just voted for by the players Do you pick the guy who who was you know The best against you Gave you the hardest game Or do you try and take the bigger picture into account Well it's difficult It's a strange league in terms of At the top end of our league um, It's riddled with international footballers And top top players So if you just based it on who's the best players, he, it would be all from Celtic Rangers, essentially. Um, what I tried to do when I, when I did it is weigh up who they play for, how good they've been against us, and um, probably from seeing over the years who's played better than they have ever done. So um, if it was came down to the best players, it would be from the top end. Mm. But I, I had two Livingston players in my team of the year because I think they've had an exceptional season and Exactly the same team that were in League One two years ago. Who were they? Halkett, I would assume. Halkett and Scott Pittman. Scott Pittman as well. Um, what about the young player? Who did you vote for in that category? Uh, it went for Ferguson. I think, as Mark says, over the season, he's almost like a senior player now. Uh, churned out games, massive player for Aberdeen. And physically, you probably forget how young he is when you play against him. I mean, he's, he's, he's a machine mm-hmm. and. Um, it, it definitely it definitely doesn't look like a young player Right, give us your thoughts then I was just going to say One player actually Because if you'd asked me After the first half of the season For me It was no contest It was Alan McGregor The Rangers goalkeeper So yeah If I had to say one Then I, I would probably swap Alan McGregor for uh, Alfredo Morelos possibly Okay 01419511025 Let's hear from Ryan Kent He's on both lists And he says It's a possibility He could still be at Rangers Next season uh, he says he wanted this season to be his last loan spell But admits that he would consider another one If it was to be at Ibrox It's a great feeling It's been a, quite a tough season, a long season But um, you know, to be nominated for this award um, you know, It's an achievement in itself So I'm happy You know, I was optimistic going into the league I was hoping to get good things out of this season And you know, on a personal level it's been a good year you know, I've had a lot of good exposure Domestically and in, in Europe this season um, you know, To be given the chances I've by um, Stephen Gerrard I'm really grateful for And you know, it's proved evidence The decision about whether you would be here again next year Would be down to you and Liverpool essentially? Yeah, you know, with something that we've spoke about And something that we're still speaking about at the moment. So it's still a possibility that you could be here next year? Yeah, it's a possibility. I don't really know where my future sees me yet, to be honest. Um, you know, that's something that, that I've just said, that I was going into this this season as it being my last loan spell. Um, you know, whether that's the case or not, I don't know yet. Would you consider a loan, perhaps at ranges again, but perhaps not anywhere else, if you see what I mean? Like, if you go somewhere else, yeah, you'd be a yeah, permanent yeah. move. Yeah, that's something I would consider. Okay, let's get to the phones. 0141-951-1025. Joe is a Celtic fan in Pollock. What do you make of the list, Joe? Well, with Ryan Kent and James Forrest, I think it's between the two, but I just think it's ridiculous. Morelos has even mentioned that. What a football player is, but he's just petulant. See, for any people training kids and to look to hold that up as a player of the year. Maybe you've answered your own question, Joe, because this is voted for by the other players, and so no one's saying he's he's you know the best ambassador for for anything. But you just said what a player he is, and that's clearly why the the, the players have voted for him. Surely, but surely you can't hold him up to, as a player of the year. But that attitude. All right, let me ask Stephen then. I'll, I'll I'll blame you for this. I know you didn't vote for him, but as a, as a player, then would you consider someone's disciplinary record when voting for their, their player of the year credentials? My feelings on Morelos uh, He's one of the players When you come into I was in the championship last year And he's one of the players You look forward to, p- 
to playing against when you're in the Premier League because there's a bit of a circus that follows him in terms of the red cards and all the, the noise surrounding him. And it was interesting to see, I mean, Morella's the footballer and, and it struck me straight away what a good player he is. But over the season, I don't know, obviously, what Rangers fans think. There's, there's times with the with the uh, discipline record, they've gone into Aberdeen games and stuff like that with the big guy Sadiq up front. Um, played in Celtic games, get sent off. So, although the, when we when we play against Morelos, it's hard to make a case not to include him because he's been the best striker in the league this season. But over the piece, mm. the, the the sending offs. I mean, when you're a Celtic Rangers striker, especially, you need him in the big games and you need him to deliver to get trophies. And he's letting down in that aspect aspect this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you you talk about his ability right away. I think of a game at Petodre. With two outstanding finishes And then he gets sent off that night Didn't he um, But his ability as a footballer Yes But you've got to take it into account Because had it been 11 v 11 At Celtic Park Was it last month Or the month before You might have fancied Rangers To to win that game But he totally let him down And it was I think it was the final straw before that But that one Absolutely nailed it But there's no doubt He's got great ability But mm-hmm. He's a liability Is that not one for other people though And you and the other football writers May well take that into account Like I say If you were picking Scottish football's Ambassador of the year You might yeah. take it into account yeah. But this is the PFA vote And the players in the league are asked Who do you think's the best player Aye, and, and, and it's understandable that he's in there Hi, no, no, I, I get why he's in there I, I don't have a problem with him being in there Because yeah You know The, the boys know And Stephen said it there And you play again He's a player and he's still young Was he 22? Yeah. You know he's still a kid really But what he's managed to do For Rangers this season The best part of 30 goals But you imagine Gordon He was a bit I know people say Oh but it's part of him You know he needs that edge Yeah Of course you need an edge But you don't need to retaliate Every time Sunday touches you You know Joe as a Celtic fan though You've got two nominations In there as well James Forrest Callum McGregor Who wins it out of, oh, in fact, you already said Didn't you You thought it was Forrest and Kent So you're, you're giving Ryan Kent A good shot I at winning it Between the two of them I don't get me wrong, McGregor's been good as well, but I think Kent's been outstanding and James Forrest is just different class, isn't he? Yeah, it's interesting because I think Callum McGregor won Celtic's internal award, didn't yeah. he? So Who won I, the Rangers? Was it Ryan Kent? Won it, the, or was it Morelos? Uh, Morelos, I think, won them. Yeah, yeah Morelos I won think so. Players, Someone will yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Kent may be the young player, but... Um, yeah, it doesn't always work that way. It doesn't necessarily reflect. Forrest may beat McGregor to the yeah to the the player of the year. Yeah, I, I think it will be close. You, know, you look at the four, and I can actually, I could see it. You know, I don't think it's going to. Any, I don't think any player is going to run away with it. So I think it'll be very very tight between the four players. All right, thanks to Joe and Pollock. Call one four one nine five one one zero two five to join them. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Kenny Lindsay says hasty over twenty goal. Edward is ridiculous. Remember, Edward was young enough to go on the right, okay. the young list. So were guys like uh, Christopher Ayer. I think Sam Cosgrove even as well. So tell us what you made of the list. Who's going to win out of the four, and who's missed out? Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. James Forrest's Player of the Year nomination comes nine years to the day since his Celtic debut. The midfielder says Brendan Rodgers had a big influence on him raising his game even more. It's obviously been unbelievable. It's been, uh, a lot of good things have happened over the nine years, and uh, I just want to just want to keep keep giving more to the club, and, and uh, I keep enjoying it. Nine years is this the best football you've played? Aye, I said I said last year was probably my best one, but I think uh, I think I've, 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 I think I've kicked on this year, and I'd say this will be my best season. And said we've got four games left, and I want to, I want to keep. Uh, Keep going and, and keep producing the games to come. Yeah, I think it is. We obviously the, the old manager. He, he was he, he was big on like uh, stats and, and goals and assists and that. And I think 
obviously it's, it's been like, talked a bit more than that as well and I think it is he said if all the players want to stay in the team they need to be contributing and stuff like that as well so I think it's yeah, you, you worked hard and and uh, for a football player itself, you, you need to be you need to be doing that to to keep your place in the team. Nine years ago, James Forrest well, made his debut. Does that make you feel old? I God, I can remember interviewing his very early days, and he, obviously great abilities as a football player, but not the not the not the guy that you'd want to be seen put up in front. of be a bit shy sometimes. He has come out his shell, and he's he's uh, get better. But listen, his ability's been great. You know, since Brendan Rodgers and Neil Lennon. Having a lot of faith in him at the start to put him in as, as a young kid, and uh, he'll take a lot of pride in the way he's developed and matured. And when you think, um, you know, what is he, 27? Yeah, 26, I'm, 27. Yeah, but, but we're about 27, I think. Uh, yeah. And you think, God, you know, nine years, he could be getting a testimonial next year uh, if, if, he, if he wants to. So, listen, he's been brilliant for a winger. He's been great, added goals to his games, quality goals, and uh, his final balls improved too. And I'd imagine for, for, uh, for full backs, he must be. Uh, a tough shift to try and cope with him I was interested Stephen to hear you saying that you also take into account perhaps a level of of improvement and is that I take it that's one of the boxes ticked by James Forrest yeah and probably before Christmas round about the international games as well when he scored that hat trick I mean mm. if it had finished at Christmas he was a standout winner um, and when you do look at the stats probably as the years have gone on at Celtic the closer and closer he's got to the kind of peak years uh, peak years you talk about the goals and assists just go up every year and um, I remember years and years ago playing in the under 21s with him we were midway through a campaign and this young winger comes from Celtic and absolutely blew us away in terms of the first couple of training sessions I remember a game out in Belarus where he, he played his way into training uh, into the team in training and it was a wee bit unheard of in the under 21s because training wasn't really that competitive or intense but he was that good that he made the, he made the jersey his own and was a big bonus for us in that trip and he, he might not win it of course it's going to be a close fought thing if you look at the list Callum McGregor Ryan Kent Alfredo Morelos if he did though Mark it, it would just be another another chapter of that roller coaster time because you'll remember all too well you've been yeah. in this show a long time yeah. the number of fans Celtic fans who used to phone in and they weren't convinced oh. and they wanted him gone and then all of a sudden he's a mainstay the number of trophies he'll have picked up hat tricks for the national team if yeah. he was to, to sort of cap that off by by being it's a, it's a, it's a great story and, and, and the narrative has changed I, I defended James Forrest in this programme several times because I thought he, for, for a period and quite a lengthy period he became a whipping boy for, for a section of the Celtic supporters so you get some fans that just want to go along and find somebody to blame and Forrest seemed to, to fit the bill very very unfairly um, I thought for a period maybe Jordan was going to run a dial this time probably mm-hmm. around about then um, and it was unfair uh, and James Forrest and again to show that as much as the, the ability on the ball and his development his improvement the mentality is still no to actually come through that to put it out of your mind and the other great thing for James Forrest and I think that's why he's had such an outstanding season or two or three year period is he's hardly done injury because he was constantly dogged with his hamstrings, constantly. And Celtic tried so many things. They moved him house to make his his his, um, his commuting time shorter, in and out of training, all sorts of things like that. So for him to put that behind him as well, mm-hmm. he's been absolutely first class for the boy. All right, come on then. It's Forrest, McGregor, Kent or Morelos in the main award. Kent, Turnbull, Hasty or Ferguson in the Young Player Award. Who should win it and who missed out? Give us your thoughts after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. 
Mark Weary and St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn Here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Give us a call on the usual number Or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB Scott B has done just that He says Christopher Iyer should be up for Young Player of the Year But Forrest for the main award And I'd like to see Turnbull get the younger one Let's hear from you in the phones on that Yeah, if you're looking at young players who missed out Ayer, yeah, would he be yeah. one? Again, I, not played the full season But uh-huh. not, some of these guys haven't He's been very impressive, Christopher Ayer you know, I think he's got great composure The way he steps out with the ball um, You know, because Celtic potentially facing a problem next season In the central defensive area You know, the recruitment um, But I think you could You could almost say that You've got one in Ayer And it's now trying to find a, a partner um, For Ayer and somebody with a, a better attendance record Than Simonovic I think you can rely on him you know, For 30-40 games a season So yeah, Ayer's been very good um, Edward has been very good as well I didn't realise Ed- Edward was um, eligible Gordon until you mentioned that um, But you know Turnbull and Ferguson are the two main ones And Kent's in there um, as well Hasty you could probably pick the bones up and say Does he deserve to be in there but Just with the timing bit, you mean? Yeah, yeah But um, you know over the piece Look mm. It's down to the players and, and that's who they've gone for um, We heard from Ryan Kent In the first part of tonight's show Rangers fans I would be keen to get your thoughts On what he said So give us a call Because he he said that he, he thought This would be his last loan spell But if it was to be Rangers He would maybe consider Another one How much of an impact Has he made at Rangers Stephen From coming up against him? Yeah um, And probably you hear a lot of noise about From down south About what a good player he was And um, First thing you do when you play against him is you realise how tricky he is. He can go both ways. But what I think he will be looking to add to his games, the goal he scored against Celtic, when I mean, he's just really direct, there's no chopping back, there's just pace and really direct and I can go and score goals. And I think that's something, as we spoke about with Forrest, that he needs to yeah. add to his game. Chance for Rangers, do you think, t- to do something? Mark, he was asked, it wasn't in the clip, but he was asked today as well, um, along the lines of, you know, is, is trying to force your way into the Liverpool team, is that, is that part of your thinking? And he just said, no. Yeah, that, that was it There was no he just, No As I, if you know Just a, a real realisation That that's not going to happen He's a very good player In Scotland He's got the potential Very good, good player Down the road But he's not At the moment He's not a top top player Where you would With the greatest respect You'd see him well, Playing, Champions playing League 20 games for, You know for, for Liverpool And he's and it's good The fact that he's not The kind of boy That just wants to go And beat Liverpool Just to say he's at Liverpool The problem will be For Rangers And actually his nomination Today might, might you know, Increase the problem for Rangers is that heightens his profile and if we're talking about in between 7 and 10 million quid which I think is a realistic figure for Ryan Kent down the road he will have offers to go permanently and if, if you're Liverpool you're thinking he's had a terrific season at Rangers he's nominated for the player of the year up the road etc etc if we are guaranteed somewhere between 7 and 10 million we'll probably take it because you don't know what might happen he could go and loan someone else next year and not do well and all of a sudden He's not a seven, and I know seven and ten million to Liverpool in the grand scheme nothing, of things yeah. is nothing. But you know when you're doing it, so I think um, he's been great for Rangers. Do I think he'll be at Rangers next season? Absolutely no way, permanently. Loan deal, maybe. But I think you're looking at his last few games for Rangers now. We're going to try and hear from as many of the nominees as possible. Callum McGregor says he's having the best season of his career. He thinks people are underestimating the job Neil Lennon's doing since his return to the club. Yeah, great. You know, obviously to be to be nominated by your fellow professionals, you know, it shows that you're you're doing something right, and you know, people are taking notice of it. So, you know, it's always nice to to be in the running. Do you think you're having your best season? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think in terms of overall, um, you know, I've played in so many different positions, both 
you know, attacking and defensive side of it. So I think I've added that to my game as well, in terms of reading the game and you know seeing things from behind the ball as well. So I think consistently it probably has been yeah. You know the job that he came into was massive. It was he had big shoes to fill obviously with, with Brendan going and you know the club was one of the highest it's ever been. So to come in with that pressure under him as well to keep making sure the team are winning and, and that's exactly what we've done. So I think you know although the performances haven't been you know top notch, but. You know, he's still winning. We're still in the hunt for two trophies. So, you know, I do think people are underestimating how good a job he has done. Barry is in Barhead. What's on your mind tonight, Barry? Hi, Pam. How you doing? Good, thanks. Um, it's just basically it's just basically about uh, Scott Sinclair. I seen that he's it's more or less Celtic have activated his uh, twelve month extension on his contract. Um, I'm really surprised at this. We've got the boy, uh, the Ukrainian boy, coming in. We've still got Alzani coming back. We've, uh, you know, we're kind of bulk heavy on wingers. I would have liked to have seen Celtic made a, a an offer for Patrick Roberts now that he's not at uh, Girona anymore. I'm really surprised. Um, I don't think we've really got much out of Scott Sinclair this season. I know he scored quite a few goals, but in terms of uh, creativity and um, setting goals up, I don't think we've really had much out of him. Pretty inconsistent again. Um, and I'm just really disappointed that we've went down the road. That he's, he, he's a high earner, he's one of the big earners at Celtic. And to be honest, if Celtic have renewed his contract, is this no scheme? Neil Lennon still the man. Neil Lennon will be the manager next season. And why don't the board come out and say this? Mark Greedy, what's your reading of it? I think that story has appeared in the Scottish Sun tonight that Celtic have triggered the one-year extension yeah. for Scott Sinclair. Well, it gives them the option to get a transfer fee for him. And all right, so you actually think by Triggering the extension they, they could sell him in the summer It's not a yeah. sign that he's going to stay That that's that would be my reading of okay. it just, just an opinion that, that I would say If you're going to do that with Scott Sinclair and, and purely for the reason Barry said I think he's been brilliant For Celtic for two and a half million quid Or three million Whatever it was he cost Yeah he's a high earner But over the piece When he arrived um, When you look at the, the, the state that Celtic were in When he arrived And Brendan Rodgers One of the first signings You know Really made sure that they, To work really hard Celtic To get that one over the line With Aston Villa back then and they did, and, and what a great piece of business. But yeah, for me, I think Scott Sinclair will get a club back down the road all day long. And Celtic, potentially, with the money down the road, Celtic could get a million and a half quid uh, for him. So I think they've triggered it with probably a, a view to sell him. But if they don't, they'll still keep him hold of a good player. But I don't think he's ever going to recapture the form that he had in his first season. What, what do you think of that interpretation of it then, Barry? Yeah, I can, I, I can maybe see it from a business point of view. Um Maybe trying to sell him, but at the end of the day, I mean, a million pound. I mean, you might not sell him, and then you've got him on list sitting on the bench. You know, this is a gamble that we're taking. Um, I'd, I'd much rather see it if if he was let to go free, and we try to, you know, use that money to bring in, you know, like Patrick Roberts or even even the board. Just the, the whole the po- whole point of it being that the the board still holds all the cards here, and it. it to say that he's 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 under contract again, to me screams that Neil Lennon's going to be the manager next season. So why not just come out and say it? No, I don't. I don't read that into uh, Barry in terms of because you why, give. Why, why would why would we why would we extend his contract if a new manager comes in and doesn't fancy him? Why would you extend his contract? Because well, well, just like I've said, you you would sell him. So you know whether to give Neil Lennon the job permanent or not isn't he hinging on whether you give Scott Sinclair a one year trigger. Extension that is absolutely no Scott Sinclair's 
triggered extension today it has absolutely no bearing on who the next Celtic manager will be none whatsoever uh, Stephen again just as someone who, who plays against them and I know you watch a lot of Scottish football there's a real divide here that I sense on the phones between fans who are just using their eyes this season and fans who look up how many goals and assists he's got in his time how, how do you see it? Yeah well for a start I, I would agree with Mark that he's, he was absolutely electric when he first came to Celtic and over the piece if, if he was to leave this summer you'd have looked on him as an absolutely brilliant buy for Celtic and thank him for everything that he's done but I think he's, he's, he's still a player that he guarantees goals almost I mean maybe hasn't been at his free-flowing best in terms of going by wingers and stuff like that but he's such a threat um, he's always such a threat and nobody's really surprised when he scores and, the, and he scores it even the old firm game when he came on at half time right away McGregor makes a brilliant save when he's one on one so he's always such a threat and to replace that amount of goals and assists would take a lot of money so maybe that's a factor in it I mean how do you replace that number of goals and assists whether you think he's playing well or badly mm-hmm. the other thing as well when Barry mentioned um Arzani and how do you pronounce it? Shved. Now Arzani's coming back from a long term mm-hmm. injury and Shved's still a kid. You don't know, so you can't really put them into the equation unless they turn up in pre season and they're flying and again that could maybe increase or speed up the chances of, of uh, Sinclair going. But I think Celtic it's a sensible move to extend it because I think you they will sell him. However, if you don't, he might come back to have a brilliant pre season and Stephen said, you know what you're getting with him. Yep. You know, he knows the system, he knows the drill. So he's not a bad guy to have if, if, if called upon. Thanks to Barry and Barhead. Remember, we're looking for your suggestions. Who is going to win the Player of the Year this season? It's out of Forrest, McGregor, Kent and Morelos. Who's going to win Young Player between Kent, Turnbull, Hasty and Ferguson? And who's been left out? Because I know a lot of you have got good suggestions. So get them to us, 0141-951-1025. Let's hear from one of the Young Player nominees. David Turnbull, he says he'd never have dreamt this season. Could have gone as well as it has He scored 12 goals for Mullow this campaign Which is something he never expected I'm delighted Obviously it's a great honour to get nominated for the young player of the year in the league it's something every young player kind of aspires to and wants, wants to get Even being the last four it's just brilliant So it's great for me and my family as well It's been a great season for me myself obviously Breaking through into the first team Doing well, trying to help the team as much as I can And also helping them with the goals and assists as well It's been un- unbelievable really At the start of the season I wasn't kind of sure How much game time I'd get And maybe how much appearances I was just hoping to get as much games as I could under my belt But never would have dreamt that it was gone this well really I'm Just focusing my own now really Just Obviously it's a dream come true to be honest Playing for Malone I just want to play as many games as I can And just kick on next season See what it takes us And hopefully do as well as this season as well I always like to score goals But I feel as if I've done that all my, all my life really But I didn't expect to get anywhere near 12 goals to be honest I was just hoping to get as much kind of goals and assists as I could But getting 12 is unbelievable really Just delighted with it And hope to get a few more before the season's done Hugh is a Motherwell fan on the line Hugh, go on then, put your case forward For why David Turnbull should win Young Player of the Year I think he's just said it yourself there, Gordon How are we? Yep, good, thanks uh, yeah, Good evening, uh, Mark and Stephen as well Hi, Hugh evening. Um, uh, I've got a couple of points, really uh, First one being is obviously David Turnbull uh, The guy, when he came into the team I think it was about the first week in October He came into the team And he's been our mainstay in midfield uh, He's been the guy who's made the team tick He's dragged the team through games, especially when they're playing badly. He's the man that's actually turned it around. And for a young player, I think over the, especially the last couple of months or so, you can actually see he's adapting the space, he's moving in the space, he's bringing other players into it. And I just think his play 
has been phenomenal. Uh, and for a young guy like that to come in with the goals ratio, 12 goals, I think it's five or six assists he's had as well, from midfield coming down to the team, we were going through a bad spell at that point, and he's, Stephen Robinson's just put him straight into the team, and he's just went on fire. Uh, I personally think, I know I'm a Mullow fan and probably biased, but I just think you guys outstanding. And I have seen this show many times, especially on Saturday as well when I was on, that our, our biggest midfielders is Campbell and Turnbull. If we lose them, that's a big, big chunk of our team away. And that's the ones I'm fond of losing. Um, the other point was in regards to Jake Casey. Let's do Turnbull first, Hugh, and I will let you back in. Let's do that first. Um, I know you tipped Ferguson Mark earlier on, but I'd imagine David Turnbull will be right up there. I can't imagine there'll be a great deal between those two. No, I think we're very, very tight. You know, I think if if you purely had to base it on the season, I think Lewis Ferguson deserves it 100%. If you're looking at an impact and, and, and grabbing headlines and scoring goals in Turnbull, yeah, you, you, you probably vote for Turnbull because in the most recent times he's been the most impressive but over 40 mm. games for me Lewis Ferguson however if David Turnbull is, is to win on Sunday night and if he, if he wins the football writers on, on, on May the 19th I wouldn't argue because mm-hmm. he is an impressive footballer I've watched him uh, Gordon there's no doubt that if it's not this summer if he keeps going certainly in the following summer he could go he could be by a distance Motherwell's record record transfer out by an absolute distance. He is going towards becoming a two three million pound player. Yeah, well, I think I remember David Turnbull's. I think his first goal was against us in Paisley. If, if I'm wrong, he can correct me. But I remember I didn't know much about him. And by the end of that game, I thought when I got to Fir Park, I need to be bang at my game because this boy's good. And um, we go there again this weekend, and he's our main threat. And to be Motherwell's biggest threat at that age mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Can't speak highly enough of that And uh, a real worry for us this weekend I mean goals aren't everything But if you, if you do take the goals Because that gets uh-huh. a lot of the headlines He's got 12, he's got 12 league goals right So from mm-hmm. the middle of the park He only came into the team in October The only yeah. people who've scored more goals in the league mm-hmm. Are Morelos Sort of obviously yeah. Eduard obviously uh-huh. Cosgrove And Tavernier who's the penalty king You know uh-huh. he's, he's managed to come in in October In a team in the bottom half of the league And yeah. from midfield is the you know the what, fourth Aye, fifth it, top goal scorer in the league? And, and you know what gets me as well when you watch he's he's finished, he's so calm, he never panics, and nine times out of ten he might not score, but he'll always hit the target. He'll always make the goalkeeper make a save. But I just love his composure and and his runs. And I'm sure Motherwell fans or or maybe Hugh will know better than me. But I don't know if he reminds you of a a Phil O'Donnell in terms of just the timing of his runs from if he'll just get into the into the box. Steve will know. About that as well And I think that's so important But uh, listen I hope he's around mm-hmm. For a while yet I hope that he stays And gets that You know we talk about Get that 100 games Under your belt Steve went down the road To Watford After a season or two At St Mun I hope he stays Because Motherwell Deserve to have him next year But I get the feeling That there's going to be A, a massive interest In the summer yeah. Right Hugh It's been confirmed uh, Sort of the worst kept secret In Scottish football Jake Hasty Will be a Rangers player Next season What are your thoughts? Uh, again I don't have an issue With players moving on because uh, we have spoke before And it's, it is a short career So players have to move on Do I think he's right in doing it this season? No, I don't I think he's he's only just come in He came back on loan in January from Alawa uh, And what I heard from his loan He wasn't he didn't set the world on fire at Alawa uh, He came in at the start His pace in the wing was fantastic for us That's what we were really needing at that point Ben Mincadden was out for us at that point So we didn't have a lot of uh, options down the wing uh, It was fantastic The last couple of weeks 
he's not really been involved in the team. Whether the, the transfer saga has been on his mind or anything, I don't know. But I, I don't think he deserves to come in for a young player nomination at this time. Just for the fact being is, he's only come in in the January. Mm. And he's, well, he's made an impact, but it's, as Mark says there, it's over a season. Yeah. The only thing worth bearing in mind, Hugh, is the Young Player Award is across all four divisions. So there is a big chance that there are players in the Championship who saw Jake Hasty do pretty well at times at Aloha and have then seen the impact that he's had for Motherwell and thought, yeah, I'm going to stick him down. So he did play for Aloha at the start. That would contribute. Anyway, that was Hugh in Lanark. We are going to speak to Mark in Port Glasgow next and we'll hear from that man. We'll hear from Jake Hasty after these. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Simmering Captain Stephen McGinn is here. He's alongside Mark Guidi. So if you have any thoughts, questions, points, get them into us on the phone or we are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Um, Ali Niven is on. He thinks it's a joke that Kent is in there and Morelos. He thinks Gary Dicker, Alan Power, and Chris Burke all deserve places before them. I wonder who he supports. Uh, but on, on a serious note, it's difficult because you're trying to pick the top four And there have been lots There have been, we mentioned in the past couple of weeks Craig Halkett from Livingston He's right, Stevie Clark's got a great tune out With some of the Kilmarnock boys as well, Stephen Yeah, and we spoke about it Sometimes the way the voting's done so Especially, I mean, clubs that are sales in Dundee There's been a high turnover in January So sometimes it can come down to who's Been really good at the time in, in January I mean, quite a lot of the boys in our team Will only remember Ryan Kent being excellent They'll not remember What's happened beforehand I mean If the season had finished at Christmas You'd be looking at guys like Greg Stewart Who was absolutely on fire sure, for Good point yep. yeah, Stephen yeah. Naismith 10 goals for Hearts And he's been missing for so long I mean mm-hmm. Guys like this come into play But With the way the voting works after January With the turnover of players Sometimes it can affect it Fair point I like that Getting a wee bit of an insight Into the voting process tonight Let's speak to Mark in Port Glasgow He's a Rangers fan Who wins this award for you Mark? Oh Difficult lads Um Probably pains me to say it. You know, I think without Morelos is disciplinary record. I thought he'd have, I think he'd have got a hand down just regarding the goals and you know the way he's played this season. I think he showed you know the, the the class he's capable of. But unfortunately, you know what we've seen over the the season, he's let us down so many times. I think that will stick. And you know, his fellow professionals' minds and also you know a lot of fans' minds and the writers. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a first, second, third. I'm going to put it in. I think Ryan getting over it because I think you know this boy was a, an unknown. He's came to Scotland, done really, really well. He done you know excellent in Europe. You know first time I was playing there as well. Um, really, but really, really, really Rangers. You know in some games, um, some very important games. Um, and I think Callum McGregor will be number two, and unfortunately, I think Barrios will be number three. Callum McGregor, I heard them on saying earlier on they thought his best season was this season. I think his best season was. The season was it maybe might be the same season. It was when he played in the middle of the park when Scott Brown was out. Yeah, that was earlier this season. Was that earlier this season? Yeah, right? that's that goes that goes without saying. And he was absolutely fantastic when um, Scott Brown was out. Mm. Um, I felt I actually felt quite sorry for him when Brown came back and he sort of got moved. Cause I thought Celtic played a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in there. I mean you've tipped Ryan Kent Mark you've clearly been impressed with the impact he's made at, at your team we, we heard a clip from him earlier hopefully you heard it basically saying that you know he, he would consider another loan spell at, at Rangers is that something that excites you the possibility of course but I mean you know you, you've seen what you've got this season and with, with another year you know 
and also I'm hoping you know we're going with the press or you know reporting you're hoping how much Steve Gerrard saying Dave King etc you're hoping you know a better standard of play around him a game will lift him um, so you know yeah, if, if we can get him absolutely fantastic if we can get him I'd love to get him permanent because I think if he would earn Rangers a lot of money I just don't know you know what the sort of, I've heard the fees getting banded about I just don't know if we've got the sort of money um, to you know buying him unless we use Morello's money I don't know I've, I've no idea um, I've just need to, wait, need to wait until you know I, I'm one of these guys I don't really read a lot into the press I always just wait until you know you see him stand on that Rangers crest and the scarf above the head um, let, let me ask for your insight Mark Because so many people are suggesting People who you know, should be on the list For instance Are there any other Rangers players That you think would have been close I mean I know he divides opinion But I've seen lots of tweets for Tavernier I've seen a couple for Arfield Any of them potential Tavernier well, I can't Tavernier oh, I, I, I think we had You know Assists and goals from right back I know you're seeing the penalty king Gordon earlier on But you have to put it in the net. So oh, absolutely. King, you have to no, put well, it in listen, the net. it wasn't a criticism, it was just a just no, a fact no, no, for no, the no. number that you scored. Yeah, but, but from from right from a right back, I think, you know, name another right back in Britain that does that, you know, and, and the number of assists. I think I mean, he's excellent. Um and and Arfield's been outstanding. I, I had my doubts about Arfield because I wasn't never sure is he a centre mid, is he attacking midfield, I think he'd be far better. Since I know I'm going to say this again, Morelos has been out. I think the team play better as a team. So I think, as I mean, Arfield's been excellent since Morelos has been out, and Davy's been in the team, and you know, obviously they're feeding the foe. So you know, it's another thing I spoke about. You know, with a, with a few friends. I, I don't think Morelos should come back in. I think the team are playing much better as a as a unit. Um, without him, mm. without that focal point, so you know. But Matt, what do Rangers need to do to become a title-winning team? Because you're saying Arfield's excellent, this one, talent, and, and they have all been good, and they've certainly improved Rangers this season. There's no doubt about that. But they're still away from being a title-winning team, having title-winning players to get over the line. What, what does Steven Gerrard and the board need to do this summer? I still think, Mark, uh, we need a, a strong spine. I still think we need. I don't think Manella will be there, so I think we're still going to need a a striker that's going to score twenty plus. I still, I would still love to see, you know, your old-fashioned ball-winning midfielder. I've said this a few times on the show. Your old-fashioned ball-winning midfielder. Mm. I think Glenn Kamara is going to be an absolute superstar. If he was at Rangers, Rangers at the start of the season, and I thought he picked Denver Play of the Year, what I've saw so far, I think, I think, I think he's probably right now. I think he's been buyer of the year, um, and definitely, I think we need. A bit more experience at the back. I would like this. Mm. I would love to see Lee Wallace back in left back. To be honest, guys, I think a guy deserves, you know, the chance to stay there and you know get his left back spot back. Mm. Um, but so that's another place, and I'm I'm still. I'm, I, I for me to win is like Marmite. Yeah, love him, love me. You hate him sometimes when he's flying forward in the, in the attacking side of the game. He links up well. He looks great. He scores goals. He makes assists. But sometimes you know, it really frustrates me. He's defending, which I think he is getting better at. 
But certainly, certainly through the spine, guys, the experience, I think that's what we need, we need to be looking at. Yeah. Okay, thank you to Mark in Port Glasgow. Uh, let's quickly hear from Jake Hasty. He was refusing to be drawn on his Rangers future, and then it got announced about an hour later when he spoke to the press today. But he is, uh, he's delighted with his nomination, and he says Mother was the best place for young players to develop at the moment. I'm absolutely over the moon, to be honest. It's been a world win a few months for me. Since coming back for Allah in January, I've worked hard there, and I've come back and I've got my chance. and just really just kept working hard and just keep repaying the manager for giving me the chance. We know there's been a lot of focus on you this season and all change for next season as you're moving on. Well, I'm not here to talk about that, I'm here to talk about the final nomination. How good a place is Mullerwell for young players to, to grow and develop like well, yourself like David? It's absolutely brilliant, I've been there since I was nine years old and it's just, can't say a bad word about the place because I, they always give young players a chance and it's the best players best place for young players now, I feel. Gaffer's been absolutely brilliant with me. He told me if I go play well in January Alba, he would give me a chance when I come back and I come back and he, and he did and just have to keep repaying him and he's been absolutely outstanding with me as well as David as well. John's and Paisley, just before we get your player of the year thoughts, John, that was Jake Hasty. He's definitely going to be a Rangers player next season. What do you make of that? Well, see, you're talking about Kent staying, etc, etc. Let's be honest, Kandias has been a wee find an all this year. He's been outstanding. So you've got Kandias, you've got R- R- Jones, Jake. No, I mean, if you want to keep Kent, where are we going to call yeah. these players? No, I mean, that's, Jamie Murphy coming back. Aye, so but we're blessed abundantly at the moment. So Kent, I would love to keep Kent, but the, the money talks and it's too much money. So if, we, yeah. we can't afford to compete with Premiership. Money and wages That's a fair point John makes Stephen um, We don't know if Kent Will stay or not um, Gresda He's still got a lot to prove But as it stands Jake Hastie's got a heck of a lot of competition To get in that Rangers team Yeah We, we spoke about it in the other day at training About the amount of wingers they have And when you do add someone in Like Jamie Murphy Who at the start of the season Was an automatic pick um, It's going to be real competition For places next season uh, John, just because we're a bit short on time Let's move on quickly to your thoughts then On that four-man shortlist Who wins it? Is it someone from your team? No, I won't be No chance Because he's not a popular man He's not a popular man Morelis deserves it But he's not a popular man I don't think Well, he's popular enough him. That he got voted onto the list, John He got voted onto the list But there's still be a lot of people You know what I mean? No, no disrespect But I don't think he'll get it Because he's disciplinary And stuff like that If Ken gets it then But I don't think it will I think it will go to the other side But not to worry Maybe, that, you know what I mean? Maybe not. I mean, maybe John is right, Mark. But as it stands, he he's in the top four most popular men. That you know that in case people are not the PFA haven't picked this list. This list doesn't now get voted on. Yeah. These are the top four yeah. in terms of votes. So that his fellow professionals, clearly a lot of enough of them to get him on the list. Don't think the disciplinary things an issue. Right, no, that, 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 clearly it's not. And you, you know, his his ability does outweigh outweigh uh, you know the the. The frustration that you get with him and the, and the negativity that, that he can bring, but his ability and, and his goals does outweigh that. But when you then put it into a package, John says that he deserves to win it. For me, he blew it for himself at Celtic Park that day. I think had he stayed on the pitch every chance, I don't think Rangers would have lost the game if it was 11 v 11. And I think he could well have become the player, and he might still be the player of the year. I'm not saying, but I, I think that the, the general feeling would be that he, he ruled himself out. And when you see your manager, 
turning on him And quite rightly so And his players You can see the end of their tether mm. With him You know Scott Arfield Is constantly trying to manage him During games all the time And for me He absolutely blew it for himself Very quickly Stephen Allen Quinn's got a question Who is St Mirren's player of the year? For him it would have to be Gladkey, The keeper Yeah uh, Big Vaclav's been Outstanding for us Since he came in in January But um, I don't want to give Too much away But The players player um, Paul McGinn's won it Quite convincingly um, <laughs> Don't want to give too much away And then gives it away Well <laughs> he'll not be listening So All right, okay. um, But he's had every, Just about every vote So you didn't, um, you didn't rig it On behalf of your brother No I wouldn't yeah. You would do the opposite <laughs> Do the opposite right, okay. But had to vote from this year Right here we go Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Stephen McGinn's very worried about having to play Beat the Pundit tonight It could be him or Mark Guidi And it might be you So give us a call 01419511025 Be quick because you only have until the news at 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Simmering Captain Stephen McGinn and Mark Guidi Are here with me Gordon Duncan Now remember the second hour of tonight's show Is going to be dominated by an exclusive interview with Bobby Madden I cannot remember a season like this For referees in Scottish football More scrutiny than ever More big talking points than ever VAR Full time Compliance officers There's never been a season like it And we've managed to sit down With one of the top whistlers In the country And get his thoughts on it So we'll bring you that After we do this Beat the pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday Wednesday and Saturday Beat the pundit time Stephen McGinn or Mark Guidi Will be taking on David from East Kilbride And would you look at that He's a St Mirren season ticket holder as well How are you tonight David? Hey, I'm fine thanks Now I'm keen to get a bit of an insight Into your, your thinking here Would you like to take on and bring down your captain Or would you like to avoid him altogether? Oh, God, oh, absolutely take him on <laughs> <laughs> We'll toss the coin and see how it goes Heads it's Mark Guidi Tails as Stephen McGinn and it is his tails, Stephen, up against David from East Kilbride. So let me give Stephen some Clyde 2 in his ear and make sure he can't hear you. And we'll get your clock up and running. David, you've got 30 seconds head to head with Stephen. You can pass. Here is your chance to beat the pundit. Are you ready? Okay, thanks. Which Aberdeen player today announced a long term contract extension? Pass. Which current Premiership team made it to the 1967 Fairs Cup semi finals? Rangers What year of the noughties Did Partick Thistle win The second division 2007 Who did Celtic face In the 2007 Scottish Cup final These are tough tonight. Aberdeen uh, Who managed Hamilton Between 05 and 2013 Neil Name one uh, of, Neil Alright I've started So name any of the Scottish teams Stevie May went on loan to Whilst at St Johnson Aberdeen They were really tough Let's bring Let's bring Stephen back uh, Stephen can you hear us? Yeah Right back. same set of questions to you They're brutal They're brutal tonight I don't know what producer Andy's been thinking He obviously got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning He hates the world And he's made them really difficult You ready? Yep Which Aberdeen player today announced a long term contract Joel extension? Lewis. Which current Premiership team made it to the 1967 Fairs Cup semi-finals? Um, Hearts What year of the noughties did Partick Thistle win the second division? 2009 Who did Celtic face in the 2007 Scottish Cup final? Dunfermline 
Who managed Hamilton between 2005 and 2013? Billy Reid. Name one Scottish team that Stevie May went on loan to whilst at St Johnson. Uh, Breakin. And at which Scottish club have just about started? At which Scottish club did Bertie Old finish his playing career? Partick Thistle. Okay. David, what do you make of that? They were tough, weren't they? I don't think I'd get any right Steve sounded very confident as well No I wasn't pure they were, guesses They were very tough Stephen did sound confident Don't give us it You told me earlier in the office He was a football geek Mark Guidi So I wasn't going to let that slide right For which Aberdeen player Announced a contract extension Until 2024 it was It was Joe Lewis 1-0 to Stephen McGinn Which current Premiership team Made it to the 1967 Fairs Cup semis Mark? Any idea? Hibs It was Kilmarnock oh. uh, So still 1-0 To Stephen McGinn What year of the noughties Did Partick Thistle win The second division It was 2001 So it's still 1-0 To Stephen McGinn Who did Celtic face In the 2007 Scottish Cup final It was Dunfermline mm. Straight off with that one 2-0 Stephen McGinn It then went 3-0 wow. Stephen McGinn Because Billy Reid Was the manager Alex Neil came after that David Stephen knew it was Billy Reid So 3-0 to him um, Surprised at you though You let your standard slip Stevie May Alloa or Hamilton Not breaking And Bertie Old finished his playing career at Hibs Not to matter um, Not for Stephen certainly David You're right you, you, you did get none right Stephen got three right And it's a comfortable victory for your skipper Right well done Stephen I'm going to get absolute pelters for that Zero Well done It's fine I didn't give your second name So no one will know who it was David Cahoon and East Kilbride Thank you very much They were tough Gordon They were weren't they, they were I'm tough. looking through yeah. the glass I don't yeah. know what, Look at him Producer Andy's sitting through there no but hey, idea what he was to thinking. Be fair. Hey, well, Stephen, Stephen got three. Stephen got three. So, right, okay. 0141951 That's the number you can get in touch. Um, now, listen, we do have quite a lengthy interview with Bobby Madden coming up, but we feel it's worth it because it's a bit different. We just don't get to hear from referees. An exclusive interview with our senior sports reporter, Alison Conroy. Um, the referee opens up about preparing for games. In this part, he talks about the scrutiny, the criticism, the. Threats to referees um, And he also talks about uh, Those allegations If you're on social media That he was once a season ticket holder At one of our biggest clubs Here's Bobby Madden Bobby, welcome to Super Scoreboard Let's just start with Your role And your game preparation It's probably something that a lot of people Don't understand The amount of work that goes into what you do It's easy to say that we just arrive at the game On the Saturday We'll be there for our 90 minutes and then we go home and don't think about it. But the the preparation for every match official referee, assistant referee, begins really on a Tuesday. That's when we receive our appointment for the game at the weekend. So at that point, immediately, you'll go and check the position in the league. You'll check previous um, results between the two teams, check the last results, and just really trying to understand what kind of form they're in, um, and if there's any underlying issues for previous previous matches. And then there's obviously the, the physical pre- preparation that comes with that. So... We're on a very strict, phys- under strict physical assessment by the SFA. We, we wear heart rate monitors. They check that we're training to the right intensity, to the right mountain. You are in a privileged position, but going forward, would you like to see this as a role that becomes full time? Anything that makes the job easier um, and allows you to prepare better. I, mean, I know some of the managers. There's discussions about VAR, about full time officials. I think there's full time officials in the majority of leagues across across Europe. And um, people say, but they still make mistakes. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, mistakes will, will still happen. But if you allow yourself to prepare professionally and to the best of your ability, that in turn would hopefully reduce the amount of errors that are made. How do you deal with it when you do make mistakes? As you say, we're all human. Mistakes happen. What goes through your mind? How do you... Well, you don't know at the time, which is good. Um, so 
you can try and the best thing you can do in the match is make a decision, move on to the next. If you if you think it is that right, is it wrong? Then you might potentially make another another mistake. So um, the first thing that you do is in the match you make the decision, move on. You put the back of mind very quickly now because of um, telephones and videos. As soon as you go into your dressing room, we don't look at half time to allow us to focus on the match. But uh, at full time, you go in. And you generally know by the amount of messages you have, if especially if it's a big match. If there's not a lot of messages, you tend to have done okay. Um, and if there's a lot of messages, there might be one or two things to discuss, shall we say. And that's coming from uh, colleagues at work or colleagues or who are referees who are giving you their own opinion. So it's difficult. Nobody likes making a mistake, especially if that's a mistake that um, essentially costs the team points or a win or a draw or a cup match progression. So, so it's difficult to deal with and sometimes it can take a bit of time to get over that um, and you'll go home and you'll analyse the clip and it's not a nice place to be and it's not a nice feeling especially let's say if it's a crucial mistake that's cost someone progression in a cup competition or points or important points in a, in a league game You say you put it at the back of your mind and you move on if you listen to fans they'll suggest or referees they'll, they'll make up for it because they'll make another decision in the game Yes and there is that chat but it's absolutely not the case because we can't referee like that we need to referee with what's put in front of us Decisions, simple decisions, right or wrong, throw in. You need to try and get the majority correct. So throw in, goal kick, corner kick, foul, penalty, yellow, red. We just take decision, next decision. We don't don't try and address the balance because we just don't know. We hope that we're correct. We hope that experience um, leads us to be correct. And then we just trust ourselves and just can continue on decision by decision throughout the match. You've been a referee since 2002, so things have changed a lot. Absolutely. Um, I think the scrutiny in match officials, same as it is in players and managers, is is far more intense um, in the current era, given there's more cameras at matches, um, there's more platforms, there's more mediums, there's more people talking, there's more newspapers commenting and the matches on decisions. So it, it comes with the territory of being a match official now, with being a player or being a manager. So those forums are there in terms of social media, but I, I don't know any referee that will actively mm. monitor conversations on social media. I think if you've got mainstream media like the, the phone-ins and, and the tabloids and things, that's there. It's difficult to remove yourself from that completely, but social media you can. Thankfully, there's various filters. I don't think any of us have got active accounts, so I don't think it would be a great idea for me to have a, a Twitter account or a Facebook or something um, of that out because it would just give people an opportunity to contact you. So there will be things said on there that probably won't be too complimentary, but I think, again, we try and remove ourselves from that. Things have, at times this season, take a bit of a an ugly turn. We look at John Beaton and, and the threats that he received and that's when it becomes sinister. What people need to remember is it is a game of football. Um, that, that is the bottom line. We are match officials, are involved in the game because we love football um, and we love to be involved in football. Um, it's a match between two two teams. I was actually fourth official in the, in the match mm-hmm. uh, in question with John and, and I thought it was a very good game and that was the feeling at the side of the pitch. Then you get this incident that's happened, these incidents that have happened with, with individuals. Um, it's, it's difficult to think what's going through these people's minds, but it is good to see that the, the police have taken the strongest action and that, um, I believe that already at least one person has appeared at court um, um, on the back of those allegations. So that's good. So that's a positive that the police take that quite seriously because I think no one who goes to the workplace should be, should be faced with that... Um, level of abuse. Mentally, how hard is it to deal with these things at times when you are getting that level of abuse because you made a mistake? Everyone's different, you know, in every workplace we've got different personalities, different mentalities, different ways of dealing with things. 
I really switch off to all that. I can't mm. speak about the other guys. It's, it's, it's difficult because you'll be walking off a pitch and uh, section of fans will be giving you um, dogs abuse, rightly or wrongly. They'll believe they're correct until they see the footage. They might still believe they're correct, but there's nothing I can do to control that. You know, so there's a phrase where control the controls, make the decisions, and 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 move on. But I'm not saying I enjoy that level of engagement with spectators walking off the pitch, but it's not going to affect the way I behave, the way I referee, the way I referee the next match. I can only only speak for myself and, and how I deal with that. A lot of fans believe that referees in Scotland should declare their allegiance to who they support. What's your opinion on that? Well, I don't know. I think you've got a situation where players move between clubs. When one player that's played for one club plays against the other club, does affect his performance? We've seen players move between the two biggest clubs, two Glasgow clubs, shall we say. Do they then, does that affect their performance when they've played for either side? What would it give? You know, because I think the majority of match officials are from the central belt. Would there be a benefit? I, I don't see. I think it would just give increased scrutiny. We've got ridiculous um, level of intensity and scrutiny onto match officials were looking I know people unfortunately look at what school did you attend and this is just ridiculous. I mean, as I said, we are there um, to officiate a match. That that that's all we're there to do. If someone's supported a team, are they going to change it? No, because we need to, we are judged on every performance by the SFA, by independent observers. Do you want to receive the next big match, the cup final, that match again? Of course we do. We apply ourselves to try and get as much out of the game as we can. So why would we show any benefit to one team? Would it make them win one match? Would it make them get a point, three points? What is that going to do for my career? Nobody is going to go down, down that road. I don't see any benefit. Because of football in this area, you know, the majority of people support two teams. Um, and you're going to get people that will cast aspersions over what team you supported, what's good, this ridiculous nature of, of comments that you receive. And you can't control that. But what is frustrating, I mean, people know me. People know I worked in, for example, I worked in a warehouse in, in Bells Hill for 12 years. Everyone in that warehouse knows me, knows I ran. Then I played football three matches a weekend. Didn't have time to, to support or be a, t- a season tick holder at any particular club, whatever the allegations may suggest. But it's frustrating when these people you've worked with then might make a comment on social media to try and support these ridiculous allegations. That's frustrating. You don't mind people who don't know you because that's their prerogative, but people who know you just maybe trying to gain a bit of favour and trying to add weight to these um, comments is frustrating, but there's nothing we can do. So, no, I think we deal with the game that's put, we're appointed to Tuesday, and that, that's the best way. I just want to look a little bit at that match at the end of March. Obviously, Alfredo Morelos mm-hmm. was sent off. What's the line of communication there with your yep. assistants? Um, so, Alan Mulvaney was the far side assistant, and um, I've obviously followed play away and TV footage will show that I have absolutely no no view of the incident. Um, it comes down to pre-match instructions and it's all down to preparation again. So um, we talk about situations that may arise, potential problem players, things we should try and pick up on. So Alan was in line with second last defenders, that's his responsibility. So to talk you through the incident, I'm following the, the ball up the field of play and I hear a roar, naturally. You look round and you see a player on the ground and immediately um, the communication from Alan was um, red card, red card, red card. Asked the, the player, Morelos, and, and that's why it was dealt with um, just quite as quickly. So I think in that environment, under that pressure for Alan to pick up the incident and then to communicate that so clearly was, was a real positive. Mark Weary, we don't get to hear from our no, referees very often. That. Bobby Madden speaking openly. I mean, even addressing... You've seen it, social media. Yeah. 
He's a former Rangers season ticket holder What chance mm-hmm. have we got He's, mm-hmm. He calls it ridiculous allegations yeah. He yeah. explains the decision making process For sending off Alfredo Morelos He backs up the introduction of full time referees if possible uh-huh. No it was great Good interview by, by Alison and, and good at SFA to grant access as well There should be more of it Because you hear a human side to, to, to Bobby Madden And that's what I, I've said for years mm. the SFA should allow that Because referees are just normal guys That like football as well And just happen to have uh, a whistle And I agree with, with, with Bobby in terms of You know okay It's the same with football writers and you know, Yeah you grew up liking a team when, when you're young But when you get into your job you end up no, you don't. It doesn't come into it because you're you're not a supporter, and to call referees supporters is wrong because you're not a supporter. You either support a team vocally or you support them financially or, or, or both. Referees don't do that, so it's unfair and proper supporters to say that. But anyway, that is by the by, as Bobby says, about how you are in a ninety minutes to Saturday. And Bobby is one of the best, and if it's full time referees, I'm sure Bobby would butt for it. Um, and I like him. I rate Bobby. I think over the past two or three years, he's really, really. Come on to a game And he is The bottom line He is a referee That you can trust uh, Stephen What is the relationship Like at the moment Because The perception Would be perhaps That relations with referees Are at an all time low Is that the truth Are there certain ones You can speak to Certain ones you can't How do you reflect On it all as a player Yeah well As a as captain I probably get a wee bit More leeway to The way I speak to them At times maybe But Most of them as, as Mark touched on You want to hear more from them Because from being a captain And from playing And we are a small country We've not got that many different refs You come across them all the time And mm. they are human And um, I, I don't know what it's like At the the, the old firm games how, how you could you possibly referee That game came out with yeah. 100% credit But at our, at our level I kind of St Martin v Motherwell on Saturday They're quick to tell Some of them are quick to tell us Well I've just made a mistake But so did you Giving the ball away to me mm-hmm. So it's, it's good And uh, 99% of them I've got a brilliant relationship mm-hmm. with 01419511025 If you have any questions Or points on that Get them in now uh, We've got part two Coming up very soon And a full time teaser For the guys next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Get the result You deserve Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Weedy and St Mirren captain Stephen McGinn are here A bit of a change of pace from the usual second hour Because we've got an interview with Bobby Madden An exclusive interview trying to cover off as many talking points From the world of refereeing as possible We'll bring you the second part in a moment It doesn't mean you two are getting off with a full-time teaser So that's fulltime at Clyde1.com If you want to send the question in Tonight's is quite simple um, So I'm not going to give you the right or wrong answers as we go along I'm just going to try and tell you to come up with them So um, it is the anniversary of Rangers' win against Fiorentina To send them through to the UEFA Cup final So quite simply, in a one I want you to try and nail all five of Rangers' penalty takers that night Oh, obviously that night Are there any that jump out from yes, you? Yes, that's your That would be the famous one Stephen, can you remember any of those? Papach Alright, you can put your heads together um, And you need to come up with a definitive five at the end um, You've got between now And the end of the show You can play along with us At Clyde SSB I would expect most of you Rangers fans to get this But you might have watched it Even if you're not a follower um, Of that team Let's speak to Craig In Cumbernauld Hi Craig oh, Hi Gordon Hi panel Hi how are you yeah. uh, Not bad um, I just That uh, Bobby Madden interview there, I did uh, You know I found it fascinating actually um, I really liked it Because it's It's nice to hear a referee Actually speak for a change And yeah. You know Um in that kind of way Because I think They're treated like robots By the SFA You know They're expected to just go Referee a game They're not allowed to come out and speak And then they just move on To the next game And it's like 
you know, these guys don't actually get a chance to put forward their side of things. You know, we, we hear the arguments all the time about how poor the referees have been this season, and they have, you know, it's been a very controversial season in many ways um, where that's concerned. But the fact that um, you hear pundits and managers like Steve Clark and all the rest that come out and launch personal attacks on referees, and they're not allowed to put their point across to that, to respond to that and actually explain the process that they go through when they make a decision, I think I think it's totally wrong. And I think, you know, I mean, just listen to Bobby Madden there, some of the things he said um, were quite interesting. And I actually think he touched on an important point as well, because we always talk about, oh, you know, the referee got that one wrong, got that one wrong, got that one wrong. Sometimes the referee actually doesn't get it wrong, because sometimes it's his linesman that gets it wrong. I mean, Bobby Madden said there that in the Celtic game when Morelos got sent off, which of course it was a, a red card, he didn't actually make the decision to send him off. It was his assistant that did, because it was him that seen it. So it's not always necessarily the referee that makes the mistake. Sometimes they'll go on what they're told from their assistant, um, and that's that's how they judge the situation. Yeah, that's a fair point, Craig, raises Mark, because we, we skim over that so quickly. Yeah. That game in particular, it's a great example People do notice it at the time They say oh yeah I think it's the assistant That's given it But then it gets put in the bin And then you start talking about Did Bobby Madden have a good game Did Bobby uh-huh. Madden have a bad game Because uh-huh. he sent off Morelos Even though yeah. you've acknowledged Five minutes yeah. before That it was the assistant We're not really interested Because we can't yeah. mind his name So yeah. it's good to have somebody to blame Aye, Yeah because they can be Badly advised sometimes But I think with, with, with assistant referees Sometimes when, you, when, it, when it's a live telly game Gordon you see the tightest of margins Of the offside This is it's incredible The amount that they get right Incredible the amount that they get right, and, and I have a lot of a lot of praise following with that. But just go back to the, the point again. The, the 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 caller saying there that it's great just to hear the referee talk. Mm-hmm. There needs to be more of that because, and I keep going on about it, and I don't want to be a broken record, but, but particularly for referees next season, there's madness coming for them. And see if we don't humanise them and allow them to explain where they mm-hmm. come from after a match, it's important because you might find. That one or two referees could be driven to mm-hmm. quit the game next season because of the pressure and the madness. It wouldn't surprise me, but doing what you have managed to get tonight, what Allenson has managed to get with Bobby Madden, will help the situation. It won't hinder it. It will help the situation for referees. So I would say to to John Fleming and the SFA across the board, all media as much as you can. Let's have mm-hmm. more of it. And I'm not talking about on a Saturday night at five o'clock explaining why they gave a red card or, yeah, or a. I penalty. think Bobby Madden but will in, touch on that. Actually, in general, just. To humanise them it, it, It's great to give supporters And people around the country An insight into these people Stephen Because there's so much scrutiny On the mistakes this season from referees The perception would be That the refereeing standards Are the worst they've ever been Now are they? Or is it because there's more scrutiny? When was your, when was your first spell at St Mirren? Remind me exactly 2005-2010 Right okay so Quite a while ago now yep. are, are the referees better now? Worse now? The same? I think I, I can't notice an, any noticeable difference The big difference for me is social media Because anything happens Even games aren't even on the telly now You can get footage and after a goal Or a penalty not being given on social media Two minutes later So that, that bit's really tough What I would say about Mark is As St Mon captain we've had a bad season Largely we've had a lot of disappointing days And we have to front up and admit we've not played well So hearing more from the referees And saying yeah I had a bad mm-hmm. game I apologise yeah. I think that helps it too that, that point will be covered in the second part of the interview Just quickly Craig, something else you mentioned Which is perhaps important And by the way, the point of this interview was never just to defend referees We just wanted mm-hmm. to find out a bit more Craig Do you think clubs need to take a greater responsibility um, In terms of just calming everything down 
I, you could rhyme off the number of clubs that have all issued these statements and, and managers very vocal. That's fine to say, you know, I don't think the ref had a good game. But, but could the clubs and the managers and the players do more to, to, to calm the situation, Craig? Oh, definitely. You know, there's no question that they could do more because, you know, sometimes, listen, I, 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 I like you know, managers that when they come out and when a referee's made a poor decision, I've no issue with a manager saying, you know, the referee's made a poor decision there or whatever. I don't have problem with that at all because I think there's nothing boring than when a manager does get asked about a decision and says oh, I'm not going to say anything for fear of getting fined um, so I, I'm, I'm all behind that but sometimes it's the language that they use and the tone that they use I mean I, I heard um, just as an example Steve Clark's interview just a couple of weeks ago after the Aberdeen game um, I, and I just I was utterly appalled by it because I thought you know that there's absolutely no need for a manager to come out and, and be so personal about a referee and launch such a personal attack and use the kind of language that he was using. He was talking about Steve McLean's father and he was talking about how he should never referee a command game again. That's a manager has a responsibility. Um, how can he instill that his players have to be more disciplined and calm things down and show a bit more respect when they themselves lose it like that? You know, mm-hmm. that's that that's an issue and it's about leadership for that. So I think, yeah, managers and players they all have a responsibility. I think sometimes, through what I've heard, when I've heard a few players speak as well, sometimes referees maybe have a responsibility because I've heard some players say that referees have spoke to them in ways that are, you know... Yeah, well, Paul, <laughs> Paul Heckenbottom, Craig, was the one at the weekend, says he was he swore at and said he would knock someone else's teeth out and all the rest of it. I'm going to leave it there, Craig. Thank you. Just so we can play the next part out. Um, plenty more to come from Bobby Madden, including... His own personal battles uh, with cancer that you may remember Calls for the introduction of VAR Alison picks up where we left off last time though, Discussing the Old Firm game And whether referees take players' reputations into account We try not to because I think it's important You don't prejudge any individual or any match But there's players who draw <laughs> bring attention to me Just with the, the way that the relationship we have Or the way they speak to you there's Some players you can have a really great relationship You can talk through again There's some players that, won't, players that just won't engage you So I think we know the players When we're on the field It might cause you a problem I'll be honest The team lines come in I check the team lines are completed I actually then don't look at Who is playing Even in a match of that level I don't really bother Like shape Like 4 4 Or 3-5 I really For me I just try and go in With an open mind And say we've got 11 v 11 And we'll call the decisions There was also Of course retrospective action Against that game as well What are your thoughts On that rule now? I think it's good You know I think If if somebody's committing A clear offence Which is punishable Then then we should be Taking action You know I know there's a lot of discussion eh, ongoing about the, the level of intervention That's not for me to discuss But I think if someone Commits a clear act Of violent conduct Absolutely we should be challenging those players Similarly for simulation I don't think anyone wants to see simulation um, in football So if retrospectively simulation can be challenged And players are, are punished um, accordingly Then I think it is a positive You know, and There has been a lot of talk We're, we're getting involved with various cases But I think violent conduct absolutely and, and simulation are two things we really need to try and remove for the game Because I think the game currently is, is go, doing very well There's a lot of interest It's very positive um, at both ends of the table in the top division and our other divisions are, are very well contested so we need to try and take the, the nonsense away from, from the football After every weekend and all the games there's always calls for oh this player should be punished this player, this player it boils down to doesn't it 
if you as the referee saw the incident or not? Yep, that's it. And I, I think the, the ins and outs of the judicial panel protocol, I'm not totally comfortable. I don't, I don't really know. We, we sub, People always think we submit a match report where we're sitting for hours at night describing every incident. Quite simply, we don't. We record what sanctions we administer by a drop-down box with the offence, um, and then if anything then is arising on the back of that, so if the, something's brought to the attention of the compliance officer, um, or there's something that the compliance officer will, they will write to us, and then they'll say, did you see the incident? Um, and then we will describe what we've seen, if we've seen any part or all of the incident, and then it's up to the compliance officer at, at that stage whether they decide to take, take that forward. I said at the start of the interview, it's very rare to, to hear from a referee... Is it something that you guys would like to do more? Would you like to be able to explain your decision? Again, it would probably down to individual preference. I mean, if there's a clear error in a game, what value is there in a referee standing in front of a camera and saying, I didn't see the contact on the foot, so I didn't award a penalty? That will only carry so much weight. But when we come to more technical aspects of refereeing, where we can explain decisions, explain how we arrive, I think there's a real benefit and would help with the overall product and the education. But again, we're not media trained, um, the SFA don't um, take us down that road. So I think, I think there's, personally, I think there's the scope to can introduce more open communication, especially even dialogue with managers and uh, and clubs we have at the start of the year. But I think if that could become a, a recurring theme throughout the season, I think we'd see the benefits. You can tell your, your love of the game and refereeing and the fact that you had your own battles off the field with cancer and to come back to the top level and still have the love. Uh, that was actually one of the, the main drivers. I mean, I think when I went to that doctor's appointment, I've never really kind of spoken openly about that. Because um, I, I actually refereed the cup final that that year. Mm. I remember I went to what I thought was a standard appointment at the Monkland, and I just thought I'm just going for a, a simple checkup. And to be then told that the eight percent certain that it would be cancer, so that's kind of unnerving, really. For me, they said at the time actually, Doctor Kang, um, who's probably the best in the business after doing my research because I could have went private I was told he was a man to see at Monklands um, said probably return to your Monday to Friday 95 job whether you'll have the physical capabilities to return to your refereeing we don't know depending on how the surgery goes but I was very quickly put at ease I didn't need chemotherapy I didn't need radiotherapy so I looked at a positive I actually tell a story I remember as soon as I left the hospital I'm on my phone I'm saying thyroid cancer right oh Dry skin, oh I've got dry skin here, I've got dry skin there. So I remember actually in the game, I refereed a game that evening, done the United Aberdeen. And I remember signalling for a throw-in. And I looked, I went, oh I've got dry skin in my arm. So my mind was not in the game. I then cautioned Graham Shinney for simulation when it was probably a penalty kick. I then removed Derek McInnes to the stand for his reaction. So that proves why I think referees need to be in the, in the right frame of mind when they go to referee a match. Because as much as I thought, I'm dealing with this. Really, there was so much going through my mind that um, I probably wasn't totally focused on that. So I think that then adds to the, the value as maybe being professional. But So after that, surgery, five weeks later, I was back refereeing. So in the end, it was it was all very comfortable. Do you f- ever fear that the, the level of abuse and focus that's on referees at times will cause someone to think it's not worth it anymore? I wouldn't like to think so, because guys that are operating at the level that, that I'm at at the moment, we've worked so hard, guys are... Generally, to referee in the Premier League, you'll need to go through nine, ten years' apprenticeship to arrive in the, in, the, in the Premier League. So once you get there, you want to maintain that position. It's important that you maintain your performance and you want to do as best you can. You want to referee the big matches. But for someone to walk away, again, I can't talk for other people. I don't know what goes through their minds, but 
What I would say is I think with the level of abuse and scrutiny, it might restrict the amount of people who would think about becoming referees, and that's what we shouldn't be doing. What we should be doing is trying to encourage more people into, into refereeing. The more people that come into refereeing, the bigger pool you've got to select from, the more choice you have, which means in turn you might have better referees, and that would only only make your listeners happy for a week or two, maybe. But um, but if you see Sean Murder, for example, the, the Dunfermline goalkeeper, Sean just... Yeah. Um, Retired at the weekend there, and I know he's going to try and now pursue um, a career in refereeing. It, it, it came through very quickly, actually, a few years ago, but then decided obviously focus because he's passion, and it was important for him to try and play as long as he could. So now he's going to try and pursue the, the referee route. So he'll still need to go through the same stages as other guys at his level. I, I'm sure I'm sure he'll do very well. He's a nice guy. He's, he's, he's in good physical condition, so and he understands the game, and that's what we hear a lot of complaints. We need players refereeing but we can't quite simply take a player from the Premier League or the Championship yeah. to go and referee a Premier League game that is not, it is not just as, as simple as that and I think if you speak to coaches they had to referee a five or six game it's a disaster so you need to go through that that stepped process of, of development to make sure you're prepared when you arrive at the, the highest level in Scotland and I'm sure Sean um, if he's given that opportunity I'll appreciate that The other big issue at the moment is VAR yes. what is your take as a referee on that. Bring it in. Um, last week um, I was down in Antalya for a week with UEFA um, going through the VR accreditation course um, and it's great. I mean, it, it's, it's a tool that referees would welcome immediately. If we could have that in at the weekend with the proper training, um, we would welcome that. Technology's there, so why would we not use it? Again, we've got the same situation. Where is that level of intervention? Because we don't want the game stopped every two minutes. We, there's, there's four key areas where VAR can become involved. And I think it's important within those four key areas that we only get involved for clear, important mistakes. I think that's UEFA's. Don't, if it's if someone's small shot pulling might be a penalty for one referee but not another, if they give it, fine, support it. If they don't, we don't get involved. But it's for clear, important errors. And I think everyone would accept that. But what you need to realise is the amount of training that's, that's involved in that. You know, I think... I've had four four-day courses in, in various countries around Europe since October, then that week down in Italia. So there's a lot of hours required to, to bring you to a level that, where you're approved. The, the big issue is cost. And in terms of Scottish football, do you think it's something that you, you'll you see while you're a referee? I hope so. Um, I hope so. I think I've got what, maybe five years to carry on, so I would like to think that we'll have that in place. You just need to look around Europe and see what countries are implementing VAR, the big leagues have got it, they've got the finance, they've got the TV deals. But you've got countries like Malta, Georgia, um, Slovenia in the final stages of just um, selecting their provider. We are a far bigger league than these countries with all due respect to them and we've got a very good football product. So forget what it offers to refereeing and, and improving the, the, the correctness of decisions, but your product, your this is going round the world, people are watching our football and we don't have VAR in place. So if you want to increase the credibility of the game, we need to get VAR in place. I, I just can't support watching a game in Malta, Valletta v Hibernians. With VAR, with 500 folk in the crowd, and we've got an old firm game with 50,000, and no VAR. So I think for credibility, I would really like to see it in place. Any more thoughts on that interview with Bobby Madden? Get them in right now. We're asking Stephen McGinn and Mark Guidi on the teaser tonight to name the five penalty takers from when Rangers beat Fiorentina. I think it was 11 years ago today. We'll get the answers and your reaction to Bobby Madden next. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen McGinn, the St Mirren captain, is here. Mark Guidi is also here. Uh, we have spent quite a lot of time listening to Bobby Madden, but hopefully you enjoyed the insight because we don't get to hear it very often. Um, and I mean, Mark, just away from all the madness yeah. for a wee second, if yeah. we can, just to hear Bobby opening up there about about the cancer and how, admittedly, it yeah. did affect his performance that night. He went and refereed the game. Very his head honest. was all over the place mm-hmm. and was making poor decisions because of it. Yeah, the United Aberdeen game, he obviously recalls it clearly. And yeah, very honest on him. He said he got one badly wrong with Graham Shinney, which resulted in Derek McInnes being sent to the stand. Very interesting, his, his take on VAR as well. I mean, this kind of stuff's. Headline stuff for, for the, the newspapers um, Increase our credibility We've got to VAR and, and I'll go back to it again With everything that's coming Everything that's on the horizon in this country with, with, with nine in a row and all the other stuff That's going to go along with it Referees need all the help they can get And he's right By hook or by crook The SPFL for me Have to find a way Of bringing in VAR Very very quickly Otherwise I'm telling you Referees lives For some of them uh, It could be problematic And um and I liked his stuff as well about he sees merit in explaining technical issues in terms of, and I agree with that too. It's not all about getting headlines and whatever, but to explain why decisions reach. I wouldn't recommend them doing it at five o'clock on a Saturday, but certainly on a Sunday or, or whatever, 24 hours after a game, you find a way of, of explaining mm-hmm. things. So there's a lot to be said. It was a really good interview. I enjoyed it. VAR, he was pretty strong on it, Stephen, basically saying, look at all these other countries, much smaller than us, we need it if we you know, want to maintain credibility. How do players feel about it now that you've had a look at the, the madness that it can cause in, in Europe and so on? Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, um, sometimes in games when, see if you feel wronged, see if, see if you've maybe saw a, a decision that the ref's maybe not seen and you thought, that's clearly gone against us and the other team's won a lot. It can actually roll on the full game where you're still biting mm-hmm. away at the referee and mm-hmm. everyone your team and it feels and the full game can take a bit of a messy feel to it. Whereas the VAR takes all that out of the, mm-hmm. the equation is people saying, No, that's the right decision, move mm-hmm. on with the game, probably have a wee whinge about VAR when it first comes <laughs> in, but it's it's black and white then, there's no grey areas. Let's speak to Craig and Bell Sill. Hi Craig. Hi. Uh, just a couple of comments regarding the first section of Bobby Madden's mm-hmm. interview. It's really sensible approach It, it would um, seem just regarding football And his preparations But I just thought it was odd That they would be looking into Previous results of games um, And Potential problem players I just think that's odd yeah, no well, agen- I'm not trying to say any agenda or anything but No, listen, I think it's a fair question, Craig Because I listened to it like you um, Bobby Madden said, Mark, that they, they try not to, to, to use players' reputations they, yeah. they, they try not to But at the same time And maybe this is a contradiction I think he said, you know They, 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 yeah, they, they, they did, they, they do They just look at, at, at potential issues Can you see the, the merits in doing that? Or yeah, is... absolutely You know, if, there, if there's players that have got history On both teams Let's say the classic fixture I think of that at the moment Out with the Old Firm games The Rangers-Aberdeen games They've been very tasty for a variety of reasons So if you think, you know, that there's a bit of history between... Morelos and McKenna. Morelos and McKenna. Well, absolutely, you should be keeping a closer eye on them. You know, just, because what you want to do is, and then referees will always tell you, the first objective of a referee, apart from getting decisions right, yeah, is to keep 22 players in the pitch. And they have to try and manage that to do that. And if they can do it by helping players saying, listen, 
I'm aware of it You too Behave yourself today yeah, You Craig, know that kind of thing Craig, So I, there's merit in that I really do see where you're coming from Craig Because you, you don't want it to be Players are getting prejudged Or their reputation yeah, is going before them But but having said that As Mark says If, if you were to referee Rangers-Aberdeen tomorrow Surely it's beneficial to just know Well listen I need to keep an eye on Morelos and McKenna Because they go at it every time they play each other uh, But if you're a Scottish referee You would know You wouldn't need to do any digging Or checking Or You would already You would already know No but, but it's good preparation Craig it's been Professional And what other referees would, would admit to or not I dare say And, I, and I, I don't have a problem with it They'll speak to other referees Listen Keep a wee eye out for so and so and you're not prejudging anything But you're just arming yourself With mm. information And preparation It's like a player Stephen spoke about Earlier uh, Turnbull He says I'll need to be absolutely On my game against this boy Because I know from experience He's on it And if I'm not 100% The boy's going to take me apart That's preparation That's what it was all about It's the same for referees Well as the game's going on as well As as playing in the middle of the park As captain Sometimes you like to Kind of keep reminding the referees If someone Known they're being sent off or leading with their elbows, you go, Oh, that's him with the elbows again, or mm-hmm. someone that's uh, maybe blown up in the papers, he, d- he dives. If he goes down for a foul, say, Right, he's conned you, he's gone. Do you mean mm-hmm. you get late to keep reminding because, um, it is as you say, it's you don't have to search very far to see, um, who's in the headlines, who's did what before this season. So, as the games are going on, I like to try and remind referees of what's going on, Craig. Uh, the, the previous results one was, uh, I just thought that was a wee bit odd as well. Look, I wouldn't think that would any bearing going forward. No. Yeah, listen, it's kind of limited time. You're trying to cover as many. I'm not sure whether that was just a general background thing, Mark. I don't know if that if Bobby Madden meant that in the sense of it's going to impact the way I referee the game. In any way possible. Um, but yeah, looking. Yeah, cause I'm I'm the same as Craig. I'm just curious about the full thing when he said about checking results and stuff. I I, I didn't know they did that. I didn't see any obvious benefit yeah. to doing it. But I guess it's just part of the, the preparation The regime I, cool. I mean it's, it's if, they're, if they're told to do it If that's an, an instruction and different things yeah, Fine I, You know I think Again what, I'm not saying you, you, you gloss over things And not look into things But when you're getting uh, A referee coming on And you, you, you're breaking a bit of ground tonight With that kind of interview Then I would rather look at the at the positives and see about. I don't mean give him an easy ride, but I just think I think there's other things bigger, in there that topics. caught me more than than, than, yeah. than what Craig's well, Let me ask you, Craig. The final or one of the final things we heard was Bobby Madden. He was quite strong, sort of saying that for Scottish football to maintain credibility, it needs to get VAR. Is, is that something you agree with? Because I know it divides opinion, doesn't it? Totally, totally. You it can it? only it can only help, and it can only I think make referees beyond their game. Also, just so that. You're not having to refer to VAR Yeah, that's a severe point Yeah, just a support tool All right, thank you Craig and Belsell I'm going to leave it there Just so we've got a bit of time Uh, Some comments coming in for Stephen McGinn Paul McNeil, who's been on the show before St Mirren fan, works at Scottish FA Text to tell Stephen My son is listening He thinks you're a legend And thank you for being so nice When he was the mascot on Saturday So there you do You're doing the captain's ambassadorial part of it well Um, Just wondering if we can touch on a bit more then Your experiences of Having been at St Mirren before Fighting at that end of the table And, and how you look back on that And how it might impact you this weekend Yeah well, it was funny um, After the game on Saturday I did the press And they touched on that Motherwell game All those years ago Madness of it When Motherwell were 2-0 up And missed a penalty And we came back And had a mental 15 minutes And won 3-2 mm, I remember it um, It's something Probably over the last 15 to 20 years Some of our best Climaxes to our seasons Have been great escapes And um, 
following on probably from two crazy seasons um, the last couple of years at St Man have been a bit mad I mean the escaping the championship to then go on and win the championship we've got a lot of players in the dressing room that are, have experienced these kind of must win games and permutations and all that mm-hmm. so I think we're in a good place with, when it comes to that I mean most people have got Dundee completely written off that seems to be the, the mm-hmm. impression I'm getting I guess it's as players you, you can't really do that it's all a bit of a, I'm, I'm offering you the cliche here That you're only focusing on yourselves I've given you in a plate No well As I said I mean A couple of weeks ago We played Dundee at home In a game that was The six pointer The must win And five minutes into that game Dundee were 1-0 up mm-hmm. And missed a good chance Of boy Nelson To make it 2-0 And at that point You're staring Four points rooted at the bottom And then going into These last three games Knowing that One win from us or any drop points from Dundee relegates them. I'm not going to lie. It's a dream scenario. There we go. Well, we'll see how it pans out this weekend. Should be an absolute cracker. So make sure you join us at the weekend. Now, tonight's teaser was quite simple in the setup. We were looking for Rangers five penalty takers when they knocked out Fiorentina in the UEFA Cup semi-finals. It is the anniversary of that game today. That's why we're asking you. So how are you getting on? I told you I wasn't giving you any clues along the way. I need you to nail the five. I think. I think we've, we've, we've absolutely agreed on three. Go for them Stephen Whitaker, Sasa Papach, and obviously Nacho Novo. Yes. And we're split with Stephen Davis, Sean Claude Darcheville, <laughs> Barry Ferguson, and, and uh, Brahim Himdani. I've got a wee niggle for, for Lee McCullough. Anyway, uh, I, I you pick go, one and Stephen can pick one. Okay, well, I'll go, I'll go Barry Ferguson. Yes, he missed the first one, I think. But he right. took one anyway, that's all that matters. Stephen. You've nailed it You've got all five, five Without oh, any well mistakes done. Well done Brilliant. Ferguson, Whitaker, Papach and Danny And Novo Thank you to Mark Guiri Thank you as well Stephen McGinn First time as a pundit Was that alright for you? Yeah I'm really enjoying it Good Maybe get you back sometime Stephen McGinn there <laughs> Joining us tonight uh, Big thank you for all your calls And tweets It was a busy show Apologies if we didn't get to them But we are back tomorrow night With Mark Wilson um, And Gordon DL I've got an interesting idea Actually About how we can put those two Head to head Definitely going to be worth tuning in for That's all I'm saying for you So tune in tomorrow at 6 o'clock Callum Gallagher is up next With your chance to win VIP tickets to Transmit Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Win the compensation you deserve Talk to Thompson's.com If you're going on a 